Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Travis. And I'm George. And poor George has never learned the art of movie watching. At least, not yet. <laughs> so, this week, George, we are going to have you watch the classic early 90s hit, Clerks. Kevin Smith. Yes. Kevin Smith. Now, do you know anything about the movie Clerks? Do you have any recollection or relationship with it? I know a tad. I had a good friend uh, in college who uh, was a big fan of the movie, so there were some lines that he would always repeat. I know it takes place in New Jersey, which is where I'm from, which is cool. Hitting close to home, man. Yeah, um, but as far as like the plot of the movie, I, I think that uh, that my f- my friend from college tried to show me the movie um, at one point, but we were also partying, so I I couldn't tell you what the plot is. So I'm noticing a trend. As we go through this movie. <laughs> yeah, that I that I tried and failed before. You know, uh, I feel like uh, I feel like the alcohol might be inhibiting your attention span. It certainly <laughs> did. It certainly did. I was, m- and also I was much more concerned with the guitar at that point. Like we would put, like we would put on a movie, and it would be on in the living room, and then I would be playing the guitar, and he would literally be playing the drums, and we'd watch a movie and play and drink and. I never got anything out of any of these movies. No closed captions to keep your eye on the dialogue? I remember watching Inglorious Bastards, and I couldn't even read it. Like, it was too blurry. Now, is that the, the Enzo Castellari classic or the the Quentin Tarantino uh, one? Tarantino. Tarantino. <sighs> yeah, I remember watching Missed it. opportunity. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, I can't. I don't even know what's going on. He didn't know he needed the class then. I can't read the words. Oh, man. Well, heck... What do you say we get to it? Yeah, let's do it. Ring the bell. All right, let's get to work. All right, we're back, George. How about that? Uh, how about that? Clerks, Ken Smith, all those things. How about <laughs> it? How about it? <laughs> like, uh, all right, hit me with your first impression. Is this a? Is this a? One that you loved from the gets go, or is this one that we're gonna have to beat over your head you're gonna until ha- you love it? I think you're gonna have to beat it over my head. Get this man to the stocks. Yeah, and I, I hate to do that to you because I know how much you like this movie, but uh, I, I I don't know, man. Uh, it was, you know, you know. I think I have a I have a theory about this movie. Oh yeah. Remember I told you about my friend who I used to hang out with loved the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, mentioned that last week. Quoted all the time. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. was from Virginia. Okay, okay. from Fredericksburg. Oh, and Dan, you're from Kansas City, right? Yes, sir. You're just from the Midwest. Oh, Chiefs. So I think that when someone outside of New Jersey watches the, the movie, they think differently about it than someone who lives and grew up in New Jersey. Maybe. Well, Maybe they see themselves in the characters and they say, oh, I belong in New Jersey. I honestly don't see much New Jersey about it. I mean, technically, oh. that's what I'm saying. There, like, maybe if you live in New Jersey New, about that movie, yeah, maybe if me. you live in New Jersey, you're like, yeah, okay. It's it, counter theory, George. Are you ashamed of New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> God no. Because <laughs> it would seem to me that if I don't really tag it as like a Jersey thing, except that I know it's filmed in Jersey. Right. And Travis, who's from Jersey, doesn't think it's that Jersey at all. Maybe what you're seeing is just your own reflection, your wishing you were anywhere else. <laughs> Maybe in Delaware. <laughs> hey, look, we're in Delaware. <laughs> That's possible. That's it's possible. And to be fair, this is Kevin Smith is. I don't know where he's from, but isn't this like a North Jersey, like a he's Red from Bank? Red Bank area. Okay. So, so I didn't grow up in North Jersey. No. I, you know, they're, you know, when they're playing hockey, they all have Devils jerseys. I live in a suburb of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So, well, you got the Flyers, which is almost as big as the Devils. I would say even bigger. Right, but I don't, you know, that's to me, a, the Jersey Devils are are a New York team. Right. 
Like the they're like the giants in football. Well, to me, since you brought it up, and and uh, Dan doesn't feel this because he doesn't live here, but New Jersey should be two separate states. <laughs> uh, you go along the Cumberland County, yeah, border, and you go that and north. That's basically a suburb of New York City, right? Exactly. And then below Cumberland County is South Jersey. So, so that explains why maybe you, Travis think it doesn't really represent New Jersey at all. It doesn't for because me. Because it doesn't represent right. South Jersey, I don't think. This movie's supposed to be my wheelhouse. I'm 45. I'm the same age as Kevin Smith. That movie is supposed to be my... Well, no, he's a little older than me. He's like 50. But the, the uh, generation in that movie is supposed to be Generation X, which I'm the tail end of. Right. I don't have that connection to that movie like most Gen Xers do. I look at more like a an Empire Records type movie, uh, PCU. I have more of a connection to that for my generation. Okay. Um, but yeah, it definitely has a North Jersey feel to it that I was not really connecting to as a Jersey film. Okay. So, to your uh, to your theory, Dan, um, am I ashamed of New Jersey? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't either. think so because I am ashamed of North Jersey. That's <laughs> for sure. That's for no, sure. We're not. Just in case you have any <laughs> listeners in uh, North Jersey, we yeah, love all, you. all three of you. <laughs> all three of um, you. <laughs> I I get the sense, George, that really deep down, you're not a New Jersey guy. You're a Philly guy, and this movie's to New York. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. Like Am we I reading that right from my Midwestern perspective? Where we grew up, where George lives, where I live, if you level all the houses and trees, you can basically see the windows of Center City, Philadelphia. That's how much of a suburb of Philly we are. Now, I, I literally, you know, I, I manage a property. It's eight stories, right? When right. I stand on the roof, I can see the Philly skyline. Right. It's that close. So what you're saying is you live in the East St. Louis of Philadelphia. I guess. The Kansas City, uh, yes. Kansas yes. of Philadelphia. We're like yeah. on the, um, if you look at New Jersey and it's like, <laughs> my dad used to tell me, it kind of looks like a, a mailman on his knees sitting like in a crouching position. Uh, I'm not digging into that one. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying like we live in the kneecap area. Of New Jersey, we're not in the head like when we used to drive the New York uh, state, or we drive to Connecticut. My dad would say, "I would say, where are we?" And he'd say, "Oh, we're like in the neck, okay, or we're in the ear area, or we're in the okay. we're in the there's, head." There's way we're too much near geography that. going on in this podcast. <laughs> this is a this has more maps than. Um, <laughs> well, I'm trying I ever to, thought we would have in a clerk's <laughs> podcast, but I I'm think because I I'm I'm trying to say this because I kind of agree with George. Yeah, it's uh, Jersey bias. <laughs> It's but my issues aren't really have anything to do with that. So we'll we'll get into my issues later once he's done recapping. There's room on the couch for you too, Travis. Yes, yes. Okay, so let me just let me just also backtrack a little bit. Not really backtrack, but say I I don't like I can't want to say I don't like, but like you know, I am ashamed of North Jersey. Okay. okay. Don't like North Jersey, you know, don't really care for New York, but I do love the Northeast. Yes. I love the way people are they don't care if Blunt. they hurt your feelings yep. in the northeast it, it, you know um we're very direct there's very little small talk um and i guess to everyone else in every other part of the country that would sound like rude rude or sound like <laughs> why would you ever want to live there right but you know for a person like me I'm generally introverted and also we're all super busy too so like I don't not, have not time. Dante. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, I don't have, you know, I don't I don't care about your feelings, dude. What do you need from me? Okay, good. But bye. You know, that is how we deal with each other in Northeast, and I like that. Well, this movie's definitely blunt. Yes. I the character that I identify most with is Randall. Yes. Um <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. He might be from South Jersey. <laughs> he, he might be. <laughs> like um, Dante was, I think, okay, so the whole thing is he is a pushover and, uh, in kind of, in some ways, a company man. And, you know, and if you are that way in this, you know, 
environment in this region, mm-hmm. you will get steamrolled. That's Definitely. just the way it is. And he let himself through the entire movie get steamrolled. So that was accurate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, and and I have uh, I have smoked many a cigarette outside of a convenience store yes that that i can relate to by going to wawa's in our area yeah you see that you know you see the 35 year old guy out there hanging out you see the 90 year old guy hanging out there they're all smoking cigarettes and they're all talking about whatever so that that's not just that region that's yeah. pretty much all and of it's, us and it's not like you know in the new york area where there's so many people on the street you know in new jersey it's not as densely populated but you still have it, when you have people hanging out outside a convenience store smoking, it is just like two people. Yeah. It's not like a whole crowd. It's not people coming and going all the time. It's just there's not a lot going on and, you know, you're just smoking a cigarette outside a convenience store. So basically you're saying Jersey combines the loneliness of the Midwest with the <laughs> uh, blunt, uh, what's a nice way to say, a bunch of a-hole activity <laughs> we'll say from honest, the Northeast. We'll say honest, not a <laughs> Just honesty. Like that. That's what I get from these characters. They're all completely and totally unfiltered and honest. And that I'm used to. Most of them. Well, most of them. Most of them. It, it Dante holds holds back a lot. Yeah. And that's why he's at such a disadvantage to the entire movie being surrounded by everyone he's surrounded by. But all in all like the the movie itself, it didn't have like a really great plot. It didn't and, have a plot. And it was it was <laughs> like really, I don't want to say terribly shot. It was just, uh, the acting was terrible. Like, everything about it was terrible, and I'm I'm watching it thinking of RoboCop, like, is this satire? <laughs> is it, it's got to be satire, but then I'm like, or maybe it's just a crappy movie, I don't know. So you guys are going to have to, <clears throat> yeah. Well, at okay, least you, George. Dan, you're going to have to, to work on me on this. All right, ha- have a seat, George, uh, on the couch. Uh, lay back and close your eyes. Kay. I want you to think about something. Take yourself back to 1994, okay? Now, I'm like eight or nine years old, depending on what time of year it is. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to Green Day on the radio because mm-hmm. I don't have a CD player because those things are expensive. Making mixtapes. <laughs> I'm sneaking over to my neighbor's house to watch the Soundgarden video for Black Hole Sun on MTV mm. because I'm not allowed to watch MTV. But I don't have the wherewithal to get a videotape over and videotape it, so I have to keep going over to the neighbor's house and trying to time it to where I can see these cool new music videos from these cool new bands. Okay. Okay. Now imagine trying to make your own movie in 1994. Okay. Here's the thing. If you have access to money, you can rent a 35 millimeter camera. You can pay a lighting crew out of your own pocket. Or you can get producers on board. But what if you're literally working in a convenience store, you've dropped out of film school, so you've got some ability but no resources. And you decide to throw all the money you have in the world, including the credit on your credit cards and money given to you by an insurance company because your car was flooded out. And you put all that money and all that credit into producing a movie without any access to digital technology, actors, editors, (laughs) or anyone besides your friends from film school and your buddies from high school. Mm -hmm. Are you going to make a better movie than Clerks? Probably not. I rest my case. (laughs) (laughs) Your Honor? It does not fit. You must have quit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think, was that 93? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, same era. Let's roll it. (laughs) All right, Judge Ono. I mean, he's he's on board. That's funny. Well, yeah, yeah, it was like $27,000, I think, was the budget. Between like four or five credit cards and the uh, insurance money, and then he sold all his comics. And he shot on black and white to save money. Right, and he worked and he in that store. he shot at the convenience store that he worked at because the owners were cool and were just like, yeah, man, you can shoot after we close. That, to me, is all good. I've seen many independent films. I mean, John Carpenter did the same thing with Halloween, but uh, he had a little bit more money. But it, And he had more money in 1970s dollars. So, I mean, true, we're talking like... But like he, 20 times the budget. When I think of the uh, this movie, and my biggest problem with this movie is is the acting. And that's my curse. That's my kryptonite. When I'm watching, if I'm watching the greatest script ever 
and it's acted terribly, they lose me. Uh, so I'm, and I drive my wife nuts constantly when she's watching something, and I'm like, oh my god, like seriously, because I've taken classes, I've learned the process, I've learned about doing your homework, and and uh, you know, method, not method, all these different things, and these people in this movie were theater actors. Uh, some of them, some of them were friends, but I mean, the two main characters were theater actors. So I was giving them a little bit less leeway because they are theater actors now, probably community theater, but still I was just not feeling the dialogue and it, it probably was maybe if I read it, I might feel it better. But when I was listening to the delivery, I'm just like, Oh my God, like seriously, it sounds like robotic and there was lack of inflection there was lack of uh punctuation of words there were times when the actor would say a word and use you know like the accent on the wrong syllable and i can't think of it like an example but i'm just i'm watching it i remember them you know them, them saying a word and i was like that's like they just didn't pronounce it right right like why did we use that take that i think that falls into the line of you know you got it on film, you spent money on that film, and you just have to grin and bear it. Okay. For me, it's like if you and I are having a conversation, like that, and and they lost me very early, like that that conversation that he was having with his girlfriend. There's some good stuff they in were there behind the counter. Yeah, I love that. There's good stuff in there, <laughs> was like the but it was part. just like there was it was just monotoned. When they were behind the counter, I kind of like that. I did. No, it, that's fine. Disagreement because you know, he. You know, because they're developing him as as a whiny little not no not a whiny little but just just someone who's just like I'm where I'm at and I'm just gonna stay here forever and you know he's painting her nails and they're having a conversation and he's not getting you know excited about anything and they're just establishing that you can do that with good acting. Okay. <laughs> you can definitely do that with good acting. They they were just reading they were reading lines back and forth and that to me One thing guys distracted me. Have have either of you ever worked in the convenience store industry? I have not worked in the convenience store, but I've worked in retail and I've worked in management of a movie theater. So Nope, nope, nope. Different different world. Okay. I am from the school of hard knocks as far as these convenience stores go. That was actually my first job was with a very uh, well-established Midwestern chain, comparable to your Wawa's, but right. like way better. But I'm not here to just <laughs> slow, slow quick trip. <laughs> slow down, down it, but okay. You. Nothing's better than <laughs> no, Wawa. Quick, tri- quick trip is <laughs> quick trip is the company that has to uh, they have to fake out their competition as far as real estate development and scouting because everyone is afraid of how they saturate the market. And so when they went to Atlanta, they had to scout like North Carolina so that the Texacos and those guys would buy up all the property in North Carolina <laughs> mm. to prevent them from going there. But then they faked them out and actually went to Atlanta. And yeah, once they get okay. there, that's the only convenience store you want because they have everything and they have good uh, corporate standards. That sounds like Wawa. Anyway, like I said, <laughs> I'm not here to just like go down on Quick Trip for the next 20 minutes, but I will. Because I love their taquitos. 37 times? Um, I love how 37, much... 37, 38 times, yeah. <laughs> I, I love how much oral is in this movie. It's just... it's, it's That is very New it's, Jersey. It's pre-Clinton scandal, so that was not yeah. a mainstream discussion yet. Which for the kids I think it has more to do listening are just like, oh, haven't we always done this? But no, not in the 90s, <laughs> no. man. I think it has more to do with Kevin Smith's obsession with blowjobs <laughs> 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 than, than Bill Clinton. Yeah. I think it... It's uh no, yeah. but we were talking before you know before we started recording about you know being in another place and them telling you that oh we don't do it like that here and what was my reply oh well oh I'm sorry we'll suck my dick like right. that's <laughs> blow me yeah exactly <laughs> that's what we, um I love that dude like the uh, like Jay and Silent Bob and when you know Jay goes down on you know goes down on Bob like kind of faking mm-hmm. you know like. <sighs> Oh my god, it, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> and you know the leaving leaving the convenience store. Jersey is as different from North Jersey. As you think <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I, I've known people like Jay. Like I've 
was friends with Jays. They're so all over the place. They are everywhere. <laughs> and I know a lot of uh, I know a lot of Randalls too. Yeah, a, a ton of them. And when she leaves, when she leaves after the thirty-seven discussion, he's trying not to suck anyone's dick on yeah. the way to the car. Yeah, like. <laughs> well, and then that guy turns around and follows her out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Oh, but you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think in every friendship, as a power dynamic, you can identify. This would be hetero hetero male friendships. You can identify who is the Randall mm-hmm. and who is the Dante, and you can probably also identify who is the Bob and, who's the and who is the Jay. And you're not always going to be a Jay or a Bob, and you're not always going to be a Randall or a Dante. But you can really learn a lot about how you interact with somebody else when you figure out which one you are and which one they are. It's it's purgatory. That's that's what the whole thing's about. I mean, he's just he's being punished. He feels like he's being punished for his life. You know. Yeah. Well, and that's so the I, thing. I'll tell you, man. Uh, the shifts you work in that industry, and the monotony, and the the customer rhythm. It's not a life I could do. Like no. they pay you well at some of those and the corporate structure is great and you get great benefits, but God, your soul is just ground into, you know, fine ground coffee grounds. It's yeah. all that shit came through in the writing, but I just wish it was acted better. And I know so let fi- me ask you, financially. Travis. Yes. I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask you on the air. <clears throat> not that I've asked you before, but I can tell um, <laughs> how, how do you feel about American treasure Bob Dylan? Uh, how do I feel? I think he's an amazing songwriter, but I think he's not a very good singer. See, that's the thing. Yeah. I knew you were going to say that because yeah. you're describing the same thing where like performance is like your metric. Yeah. Well, I, and see, that's the thing, man. I guess I'm just anymore. Maybe it's because I'm a terrible singer, <laughs> but I've always been the lyrics guy. Right. And so for me, these Kevin Smith movies, the early ones, like I overlook the acting. Mm-hmm. Like I don't expect anything from the actors because the dialogue is so well put together and the rhythm of the dialogue is so good. Even if the performance of it, you know, it's it's not professional actors. Right. But I think if it was prof- professional actors, I think it would lose its punch. I think that depends because... I, I've been involved in a lot of like improv groups and, and on stage with people that are off-Broadway type actors. I love watching the things on YouTube where they show you the script scrolling at the bottom and then they show you the scene happening above it and you get to see what the actor's doing with these written words. The great actors, they're doing shit that's not even on that page and they're saying the word yes. It just says yes on the page and the way they're saying yes you feel whatever it is, whatever the, emotion the gravity, is behind the, yes. the emotion, you know, the 10 years of working in a convenience store from just that one. Yes. And yeah, that's not going to be in a movie like this, but that's what was distracting me because I was hearing the words and I'm like, Oh, that's a great line. And it was just thrown away. And when you hear a throwaway line, that's fine. But when you hear every line is being thrown away and you're like, Oh man, uh, that bothered me. And I could be just being anal about it, but that's what bothered me about watching the movie. So I'm telling you, the dialogue is there, and maybe yeah, in the I, hands of somebody else. I think that that was done purposely, every line being a throwaway. Like, Randall's character was you know, portrayed as being like pretty smart. He had a really good vocabulary. Mm-hmm. He had his positions pretty much well thought out. And he was renting videos of all of them. <laughs> can, can we just talk about the the one part of the movie that made me laugh out loud and I forgot about it and it f- fucking floored me. <laughs> when the lady asks for this child's movie and then he runs off <laughs> a list of the worst porn names ever and then he says, oh, what was that movie you were looking for? Like, that was hilarious, but you almost missed that last line because he didn't it wasn't thought out to deliver that as a punctual oh because it's a kid's right. it's a kid's and, movie and what i'm saying what i'm saying is it's supposed to be that way well and see i've never had a problem with that delivery like that is the the crux of that scene for me is yeah he just not no nonsense at the end oh and hey i forgot what is it what is it you wanted oh is the uh, happy no, smile fine. patrol too the delivery was fine i just i think that the the quick rattling off of lines you do miss things Keep up, motherfucker. Yeah, keep up. 
Um, yeah, no. I I did think that that was very New Jersey. Like, okay, you need something. All right, I'm gonna do what I was here to do in the first place, mm-hmm. and then I'll get to you. Yeah, he does that to a couple people. Yes, that is definitely a Jersey. No, thing. that's fine. I, again, es- I enjoy especially, the writing, especially is... if you're rude. Like, if yes. you come up and you're like <laughs> entitled, like the lady was like, they don't they tell you all these things, but they don't tell you if the movie's good. Like, is this good? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I try not to get in other people's business. Like, that is such a New Jersey thing. <laughs> it's so good. The best line in that in the video store, though, is the Navy SEALs guy. Like, he has ruined that entire <laughs> outfit for me because anytime they come up in the news, I turn to my wife and I'm like, ooh, Navy SEALs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good delivery from an amateur actor. Yeah. He got one line and it was a, he nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> See, now, one thing that you said that you didn't like the character development, I think the way that he presents these little, t- like, side characters, right? These nameless, uh, played by the same four guys over and over again, mm-hmm. side characters. He develops their kind of niche so quickly with their actions. Like, there's no delay, right? Right. You don't have 10 seconds even to really think, like, oh, what's this guy's deal? Is he going to be, oh, he's just a guy. Oh, he's the guy. No, no, it's, oh, it's egg guy, right? Oh, it's it's a uh, cigarette company uh, or the chewing gum chewing company gum guy, guy yeah. right? So good. Uh, <laughs> you know, he he uses his time with these characters efficiently. I didn't have a problem with the ma- the smaller characters. It was basically the basic the tennis volley of lines between Dante and Veronica. I didn't mind it so much with Dante and Randall, although I think that conversation about Star Wars and all that stuff, it's it it could have been. It could have been better with inflection of certain things, like it, you know, a reaction. It just sounded like they were reading, and which is fine. I know they're pressed for time. But here's you the said thing: it when we started, the acting was terrible. You said it, it. was okay. So don't it, start fighting. George with me. said it, it was. not Dan. It Dan was. loves the acting. No, I know Dan loves the acting. It was, but Dan thinks it's great. I think that the, uh, <laughs> I the the acting was terrible. But I think that when they're having those those lines back and forth, and it's like, and it's quick, and they're you feel like they're throwing every line away. I think that that's the way it's supposed to be between at least at least between Dante and Randall. It's supposed to be that way because they spend so much time together. That's right. Fine. They're coworkers, not yeah. actors, man. So here here's the thing. Have you Travis, have you ever heard accepting the the Jimi Hendrix cover of All Along the Watchtower? Okay. Have you ever heard a cover of a Bob Dylan song that was actually better than the Bob Dylan performance of the same song. Same qu- same thing with like Warren Zevon. I don't know if you're a big Warren Zevon guy, but you should be and you will be by the end of this podcast. <laughs> no, I believe there are people that cover songs that do a better job and then you but hear the original you and you're like, wow, you that's awesome too. Can you think of one for Bob Dylan? Uh, that's the thing. Like, can you think of an actor that would have improved these lines? You know, I, like, I could have improved these lines. If you <laughs> think about the guy who yells as the guy as as she's leaving, try not to suck any dick on the way to the parking lot, yeah. right? I mean, I'm trying to think of like Leonardo DiCaprio's delivery and why it would be better, and it would be more pensive. You don't need you know? Leo. He'd he'd think about it a lot more, but it's like he just you know his rhythm, his cadence may not be right, and it's like yeah. I know four people cadence, that I could drive to their house right now that could deliver those lines better. That sounds like a challenge. I, I'm honestly thinking about taking on a couple of those scenes with a couple friends and see if I can if I can do it. That would be fun. I'm not I'm not cutting this out. You I know you're doing. This. I'm thinking this about is it. your thing. <laughs> Don't think just about so it. I can prove it. Don't think about it. Do it. And and there's a lot of actors that would tell you, yeah, those lines are the worst delivered lines. Great dialogue. The worst delivered lines I've ever heard. All right, so you're going to redo a couple of scenes from this movie. I'm thinking about it. I'm going to try it. No, you're going to do it. Like <laughs> no, Dan you're said. doing it. It's, <laughs> and, it's, in, uh, it's in the audio what's, now. What's, uh, what's his budget? I think Kevin Smith could probably do a better job now if he took the same actors because he's been he's seasoned now. All right, and well, so we got to watch Clerks 2 next is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I still, it's still mindless too, humor. It's mindless. You're not going to ever take Jason Mewes and put him, tell him to do some method. You know, you could argue that the J of all of them was actually the most method. Yes. Oh. Yeah, because he was probably high and as shit and he was maybe probably blowing the most people meth- on the side. <laughs> Jay, Jay and Bob were fantastic. They were the best actors in the whole movie. That's why they got their own movie. <laughs> it's not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who didn't talk was the best actor in the, in the show. I hear you. I agree. Oh, man. 
fucking he's he's like having Jim Carrey on the set. You don't know what he's gonna do. You can't. He's like trying to herd cats. You're just gonna turn the camera on, let him do his thing, and then make the movie in editing. That's basically yeah. what Kevin Smith was thinking. I'm gonna get my friends. They're gonna do all this shit. I'm gonna put it on film, and then I'll edit out the stuff I can't use. That worked with his friends. Like uh, I think Walt Walt Flanagan was in there a bunch, and a couple other people that he's grown up with. So those little bit parts, that's fine. It didn't bother me. It just basically with those four main characters. And I think Rand, the Randall character is great. And I, like I said, I was him. I've known people like him. I just watched some of those lines. I'm like, oh, my God, that would have been so much better. If. All right, let's get off the acting. Okay, we'll go. Um, I have to, I want to ask you guys, when you first saw this movie, did you guys forget about the guy in the bathroom? No. Yeah, you're supposed to. D- you didn't forget about That's the guy the in the bathroom, joke. Trav? Uh, well, the first time you watched it? Go back to 1995 when yeah, you see this on VHS from Blockbuster. I don't think I even noticed it. Oh, my yeah. God. Rented from Earl's <laughs> 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 or West Coast Video. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, he was still in there, wasn't he? <laughs> God, whatever happened to that old guy? <laughs> oh, Does God. he still have a bone? That's another thing, too, because yeah. they do wrap up every customer that comes in the store like they they throughout well, they the whole movie up, don't they no i, I bet yeah, they, well, I bet yeah, they do. wish they did but Ooh. but Ooh. you see but you see every customer ring up and leave even if you don't see him come in you see him leave and you never saw him leave and you didn't realize that he didn't until yeah it was too late Oh god, that was so funny when they were pu- they're putting him in the ambulance. They put the sheet over him, and he's just like pitching a big Dude, old tent. He was hung like a horse. That's <laughs> <laughs> like they put a baseball bat underneath that sheet. Oh that was total god. disregard for oh. for any realism. That was that was terrible. <laughs> oh my god, that was funny. Then again, maybe I'm speaking for myself. <laughs> just saying. Oh, uh, what else you yeah, got? Yeah, but what they made they made necrophilia funny. Yeah, they made uh, rape funny. Like they made a joke. About rape, did they? And it was kind of, it was oh, kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, they said, yeah, oh, yeah, he raped uh, Caitlin, and he's like, she said that he, she did all the work. Yeah, she did all the work. <laughs> so yeah, they. <laughs> <laughs> so they successfully, it's, you know, it's funny. I I laughed a lot. Yeah, but I did groan a lot too. It's a critical darling too. I mean, this is a movie that not only established him as a viable filmmaker who could make real Hollywood movies, but. I mean, his relationship with the MPAA, I can't think of anyone else except maybe Tarantino that gets away with X-rated level stuff. Now, mostly it's it's dialogue, but X-rated stuff, and they just leave the R rating. He doesn't Is it because seem to he keeps fight it, for it just wording? He doesn't do anything visual or... Have you seen Clerks 2? Like, uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah. We gotta watch Clerks 2 at some point. That movie, it may be better than this one, even dialogue-wise. I know the acting's better, but... <laughs> I was looking through my DVDs and I found my Clerks 2 and it's signed by O'Halloran. What? It's signed by Brian. You should tell him how shitty an actor he is. (laughs) I probably did. (laughs) No. I think I bought it signed. I didn't get it signed. I love that guy, man. Dante as a character, but Brian O'Halloran as an actor is just an everyman in a way that I don't get in a lot of movies. And so I just, I, but I'm always a Dante. So it's like. (laughs) I went to Wizard Con in Philly, the, the wizard, uh, Comic Comic Con, and uh, O'Halloran was there, running the booth, and he was selling comics, and other stuff, like he was just hanging out, like he wasn't a celebrity guest, he was just working. Oh, and I think Kevin Smith came by, and talked to him. I did see him, so it, apparently he's, I don't know what he's doing, but he's not acting anymore. Just a regular dude, but he doesn't look much different. Now, guys, is this the best hockey movie you've ever seen? Because I think it's the best hockey movie I've ever seen. Slap shots up there, but full disclosure, we'll I I don't like hockey. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, I think Wayne and Garth did a pretty good job. Oh, I know. Do you like how we're running these themes through the movies like this? We're like, yeah, next Friday these Thirteen little threads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean okay. that that apparently they threw the hockey scene in to uh, lengthen the movie. They weren't originally going to do that. Now, at some point, we are going to make George watch Friday the 13th, the original. And I would say that one of the threads that he will notice is the quality of the New Jersey actors. 
Like, mm. but these are the northern New Jersey actors, straight out of the New York theater scene. But the acting in the first Friday the Thirteenth is superb. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna put that on Front Street for so the Travis is laughing for the budget they had. I don't know they if have, he's being serious or not. It's so good, man. <laughs> those no, guys it is, are it's, real it's, characters. It's, it's way better than humans. the acting in this movie. Okay. Uh, yeah. And the acting in any of those early 80s Halloween knockoffs is yeah. all garbage. And then Friday the 13th comes along, and you're like, oh, wait, these guys are all actually characters. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. But we can't talk about that now because no, we have to watch Halloween first. Boop, 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 uh, boop. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's a shame. What? You got me excited about it. I, w- I want to watch it. What, Friday the 13th? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised you guys haven't prescribed that already. Well, I watched a couple horror movies this weekend, and I, I'm just trying to figure out which ones we're going to throw at you next. Mm. So, Ooh, I'm, I'm yeah. definitely thinking possibly Texas, but I'm not sure. <gasps> okay. Yes. But we'll see. That's a good one. The acting's not very good, though. The acting's great in that movie. <laughs> He's pushing up his glasses. <laughs> 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 the acting's actually, actually, the acting's not very good. No, Texas is good, man. Yeah. It's good as long shit. as you're talking about the remake, right? We're not talking about the old. I'm just kidding. I'm what? just kidding. I actually kind of like the remake of that, but the old one is... is Which uh, remake? The 2003 Texas. remake? The the one with Jessica Biel. Yeah, that one's good. Yeah. Not as good it's as the original, a, but it's good. Not as good as the original. Yeah. Not even close. But yeah. It's doable. Uh, it's serviceable. <laughs> it brought us a whole new generation of remakes, which George, in 10 years, will finally get to. But. Yes. Yeah. Um. So we kind of touched on it. Uh. Jay and Silent Bob. So you're you're going with the effective. They were, yeah, they were effective. Oh yeah. Okay. Schnugans. I, I did kind of. It's funny seeing it in reverse because I you know how big they are now, mm-hmm. and that was their first iteration. So it's like okay, it's just the beginning of these guys, and then they become like these recurring characters. Now yeah. it's a whole universe, and then they make guest appearances in other movies. To me, they were, they're much better now than really? the original, I think. I mean, they're more hashed out and they're more... I uh, think you like polished characters, man. But I don't yeah, think no, you like I don't, I don't hate them in the movie. I'm just saying, like, you can. it's nice to see how far they've come. And, you know, now they're getting, like, full movies. It's kind of like The Simpsons being the bumper on Tracy Ullman, and then they become the main, the main cartoon. Yeah. So yeah, I I thought they were effective, but again, they stuck out like a sore thumb because of all the other shit that was going on. Does that make Silent Bob the Lisa Simpson of the <laughs> Clerks universe? I think he's the uh, Maggie because he doesn't talk. Oh, mm. nice. But nice. when when that pacifier comes out, you better you better listen up. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I mean, like you're that, not wrong. His not one wrong. line is is you know it wraps the whole movie up. Yeah. You know? And apparently he wasn't supposed to give that line. It was supposed to be Muse, but Jason couldn't remember his <laughs> lines. So so Silent Bob was silent no more. Really? Yeah. I'm sure he won't use that in every appearance hereafter as Silent Bob. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's funny because I don't think he it even is. talks in any of the other movies. That's, that's the only time he talks. That's crazy. Oh, no, he talks. No? Does he, he talks talk? One, he, he hits one oh. good line in every movie. Same thing. Okay. It, they just they they hit that same button every time. Gotcha. That's but crazy. it's always effective because they he writes the movies, so he always gives himself a good line. Yeah, that's well, that's crazy because I I thought that when he delivered that line, I was like, oh wow, Silent Silent Bob said something, and it ended up being, you know, the thing that the end kind of hinged on, right? right? And and I absolutely thought that that was done purposely. Well, it was eventually done purposely, but... Well, yeah, but, <laughs> the, you know, the first time, it's like, oh, Jay just couldn't remember the line. Just couldn't remember the line. Couldn't it's deliver like, them. Wow, because that was a really effective way to deliver that mm-hmm. line, especially... I don't know. Yeah, I... Well, that's wow. the thing I love about Kevin Smith. Like, when he does deliver that line, it's like, they're all his characters, so he's he has a lot of heart behind everything he says and does. So, yeah. so when you hear him deliver his own lines that he wrote, yeah. Obviously, he's got way more feeling behind it than Muse because Muse could give two shits. He just probably wants to buy a hoagie with the money that he's getting. You know, I would say that this is a movie that you're going to have to see at least two more times before it digs its way into your nostalgia room in your heart. It's got a lot of uh, one-liners or, or just lines in general that 
Yeah, like I said, my my buddy from Virginia used to quote this constantly. It's it's very quotable. Uh, it will live in you if you let it. Like it, it's the one that you know I first saw it. God, two thousand and two, probably. So eighteen years, mm. I've been watching this movie, and I don't watch it that often. But those lines are in there, man. That Navy SEALs delivery <laughs> is just my favorite thing. Yeah. And uh, try not to suck any dick on the way to the parking lot. I mean, geez, how many times do people have to remind me of that? Um, <laughs> oh, dude, my my buddy used to, whenever he would see like a girl or two, he'd be like, oh, sup, sluts. Like that would be his thing. And that's like a, like, you know, a throwaway line. It's just, right. you know, it's just JB and nuts. Sup, sluts. Sluts. <laughs> Gonna fuck some yeah. bitches. <laughs> it's like would you like to make king fuck yeah berserker is something i i think about way too often for some reason uh i love that one uh the schnoogans and the uh does this one have the full rap i don't remember what the, when the rap debuts but the smoking weed smoking weed i think that's the second one isn't it doing coke drinking beers no it's probably james no. and bob strike okay. back yeah but Anyway, I do none of those things. I'm the most teetotaling, boring guy you've ever met. But yeah. that rap is amazing. <laughs> no, I think rap was in this movie. Was it? It was in there, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Hmm. It all runs together. When you see the other ones, which you should as extra credit, uh, watch some of the other movies with these guys in it, uh, the performances are similar enough in tone that it sometimes it becomes difficult to pick out when in the timeline certain events occur. Uh, yeah. But believe it or not, George, uh, he Kevin Smith manages to build a pretty cohesive universe, universe yeah. pre-Marvel, right, mm-hmm. uh, of characters within all his movies. Uh, there is some weird, you know, a, a, an actor might play two or three characters, but they're distinct enough that you can keep up as to where in the view-esque universe, as they call it, mm-hmm. the characters live. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, uh, I can tell you... The first like five or six movies he makes are not chores to sit through. Like they all get easier to watch because they get better budgets and mm-hmm. you know uh, better actors, uh, more attention, to detail. A, there's some good stuff to be had all the way through his catalog up until you know the he, pot years. He's not one of the first to do it though. Pre Marvel, uh, st- apparently Stephen King has done the same thing. So maybe he took his cue from Stephen King. To build that universe that, you know, you have all these movies that could actually be happening at the same time. Yeah, I definitely have some uh, some homework to do. No, I mean, they're worth saying, definitely. Uh, Mall Rats is, is definitely a good one. Okay. Dogma. Dogma. You'll end up going to hell, but Dogma's real good. <laughs> <laughs> and then Clerks 2, yeah, I, I like it better than the first one. A lot of people that are big fans of the first one, uh, so neither of you. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> I like Jane Silent Bob. I love I love Mallrats. I I mean I I love that universe, but I just I just had issues with this one. That's all. Okay. We're good. But yeah, there's a lot of stalwarts that won't admit it because they like the first one so much. But the second one, it may be the funniest movie I've ever watched. <laughs> I can remember in particular one time I was showing it to a bunch of friends in our old projector room at the old house, and I had to pee like an hour in, but the movie was almost over, so I was gonna wait. And I started laughing so hard at a scene that I'd seen 10 times already to oh where, like, gosh. I was really kind of worried about how that was going to resolve itself. Like, <laughs> I hadn't laughed that hard. But part of it is, and you'll have to see it when you watch the movie. Yeah, I, let, me, let me watch it. On the face of it is very funny. But then when you think of it from the perspective of the actual characters in the scene and given what they know and what they are now seeing, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's even better. It's it's next level, man. Well, I can I can definitely respect what Kevin Smith was doing back then, like in '94. Like you said, you have a shoestring bud- budget, you have a script that you wrote. You're the director. Your friends are in it. Yeah, your work. You're you're filming it at your job. Uh, so your char- your main character is you, and it just it, when I'm watching it recently, because again, it's been what 30 years since I've seen it. It reminded me of what my goals were when I was that age working in the movie theater. And we were always sitting around talking about we should be making a movie about 
working at the movie theater because you have, I don't know if you so saw. What year was that? 90. I worked there from 92 to 99. So by the time we got to like 96, 97, we thought about all the people that have worked there. We thought about yeah. all the cu- the customer interactions and the the projection booth stories and the yeah. the employee uh, like all that stuff. I was just trying to trying to place where your thought process was before or after this came out. I like, didn't did see this, this ins- when it came out. Did this out. inspire you to this, to think that? Well, no, I I don't think so. I don't I don't remember. I think probably I saw this movie. Maybe I did see it before I started working at the theater. No, because I was working at the theater when this came out. So, yeah, it, I maybe it did inspire me to think that. But obviously we had way more interactions with way more employees than these two did. Like right. We're talking like 35, 40 people that worked there. Right. So there was just so many stories, and we were just like, oh, my God, we should we should be writing this shit down. And even to this day, I stand with, with Ron, and we talk about yeah. the old times and the old managers and all that stuff. So I, I completely respect what he did. And I wish I could have done it because there are so many stories to tell from, and like Dan said, when he worked at the convenience store, there's so many things that happen that you definitely want to show people. But then everybody knows it because most people have worked with at least four or five different characters that you've watched in this movie. But I don't know. Sure. One day. It reminded yeah. me of when I was working in a liquor store. Oh, Very sure similar yeah. in college, yeah. First time you have to get somebody like a God. What a, I, I'm not a drinker. The pint is that the size that you buy liquor in? Half pint, pint. First time somebody asked me yeah. to get them a pint of Bumpy Face, <laughs> and I looked at him with like the widest eyes, like what is? I'm not qualified for this job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, alcohol, alcohol was my passion uh, at that time, so I that's what I pursued. <laughs> I mean, go for it, man. You gotta have goals. <laughs> <laughs> That's an industry that you can make money in, man. You ought to follow that passion. No, I, I actually, I, I mean, I'm not really kidding. I, I, I learned a lot, um, in that industry. I, I, I do know a fair bit about wine. I know a fair bit about spirits, you know, whiskey and scotch and whatnot. And the, um, now the ones, the ones in the sky, or just the earthbound <laughs> ones. Uh, the, the bottle bound ones. Yeah, the ones. Yeah, they catching catching a bottle. You just got green bound. <laughs> and then I became a bartender at some point. Um, put my knowledge to good use. Bartending weddings was uh was fun. Sitting behind that bar after like, you know, towards the end of the night. It was very much like a like a Dante feel. Now you got my wheels turning. I really, I really, I'm gonna rewatch the movie first of all. <laughs> That's me making a breakthrough. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna pick. You're gonna pick which scenes you're gonna redo. You're gonna reach yeah. out to your friends. You're gonna tell them that you don't have a budget. Yep. And that you're gonna pay them the sandwiches. Scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Wawa sandwiches. Hey, you could pay them an exposure. Hmm? An exposure. Mm. That's great because my rent is exactly 500 exposures a month. And <laughs> <laughs> 37 blowjobs. <laughs> 38. Are you willing to give it a second viewing? Not even a second chance. Just a second look. Now that you've had, you know, give it a couple of days to really like uh let it let it ferment, right? That's an alcohol term. Let it ferment in your craft brewing house. I I'm really not an alcohol guy. You can just uh, you can just yeah. It's you let it in a vat, sit in I your guess. brain for a little while. See if it ages you know, quoted a couple of times by accident, and then watch it again, now with an expectation that it's going to be good words said dumbly. Hey, you know, who knows? I might go out into the world over the next few days, a few weeks, and realize that I am living in this movie. Hmm. I, I don't know. Dan, were you aware of the alternate ending of this movie? I seem to remember there was like a, like a Seinfeldy kind of thing, but instead of going to jail, they all die. Is that a thing? Uh, I, f- I read... No, I actually have seen the video. Uh, the original ending was Dante being... After Randall leaves the store and throws the banner into the store, a customer comes in and pulls out a gun and shoots Dante dead. Okay, yeah. I, I seem to remember there was like some finality to it. 
Uh, but I, I don't know if I've ever seen it. It's probably on one of the special and editions. He, you know what's great about that? He wasn't even supposed to be there. Right. <laughs> he wasn't even supposed to be here. <laughs> I true. use that line still at my current job, which is not, yeah. thank goodness, in the convenience store industry. But anytime I should be anywhere else, I'm not even supposed yeah. to be here today. My that, coworkers you know never understand <laughs> where I'm what's coming What's funny from. about that line, and I, I fast times are rich my high, Uh which hopefully George will see at some point. But the Judge Reinhold character, <laughs> when he gets fired, <laughs> and he's like, "That's a that better be a hell of a piss, Arnold." He like yells at him, like it's it's like he got fired because of somebody else's actions. weren't They had to go to the bathroom. Okay. So it's like, okay, with with Dante, it's like I'm not supposed to. I'm not I'm not even supposed to be here. Like that's been his catchphrase the whole time mm-hmm. because everything that's happening, he shouldn't be experiencing. But you know what, Randall's right. Yeah. So why are you here? Why are you here? Yep. It's funny. Yep. He feels like he shouldn't have to be exposed to it, but he is his own he's his own exposer. It's his fault, man. Yeah. If you don't like, want to be exposed, don't be here. Don't be a yes man. So you mentioned earlier you didn't like that they mis- mispronounced a word and then I mispronounced the word mispronounced. So Travis, <laughs> do you remember like what that do you, do you have like a specific um example of someone mispronouncing a word? in this movie that really stuck in your craw. I think George said that. That was me, yeah. Yeah, George. Oh, that was George. That oh, out, yeah. shoot. That was me. Well, what did they what did they mispronounce? George? I don't I don't remember. I don't remember exactly, but it stuck out like a sore thumb. Notes, brother. <laughs> I <laughs> I didn't. I mean, dude, Damn. like 10 minutes into this movie and I was like, yeah, I'm not taking notes. <laughs> oh, it hurts my soul. What's funny is I was going to text Dan after I watched it. Mm-hmm. So I watched it Monday and I paid, you know, money for it. And for those of you <laughs> listening, today is Thursday. Today is Thursday. Okay. Right. So, normally I watch it the day before we do this, or the day of. So, I had a few days to think about it. I was like, I'm, I don't think George is going to like this movie. Based yeah, I, on... I knew George I knew George wasn't going to like this yeah, one. Yeah. I just had a feeling, because based on what we went through with RoboCop, I was like, okay, this is, <laughs> it's he's not going to like this. And I was going to text you today and be like, are you sure you want to do this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> no, I'm glad I didn't either. So, I'm you, glad you didn't. Well, and I, I bring <laughs> it up, George. I bring up the mispronunciation thing only because when you mentioned that, I had this like PTSD, uh, you know, Slaughterhouse Five flashback to the movie Fired Up, which is a throwaway garbage movie. If you if you haven't seen it, it's two guys that like they don't go to football camp because they want to. To like hook up with a bunch of chicks, so they go to cheerleader camp. That's awesome. Yeah, and their heart's good to not me. really in it, you know. <laughs> but but their dicks will be. Hey uh, now. Whoa. Hey now. Anyway, <laughs> uh, at some point, <laughs> at some point, they use the word schwanz, right? Which is the German slang for for penis. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. But between the onset crew and the director, no one, I guess, was a German student. And so they say swans, which is not the right word. No. It's a plural of swan. <laughs> and it's like, it's the focus <laughs> of a joke. And it's just like, yeah. did nobody, hold on, guys, uh, can we, what? Oh. And it fell flat probably because. It, yeah, it's a sucky, yeah. it's a funny joke if you say it right. Yep. So in that way, I understand, but I just, you know, clerks, I just like too much the way it is. Like, I don't want to fix it because it's imperfections make it better. No, I get that. There's plenty of ind- like, independent films where I watch and I'm like, ooh, but I just love this movie. You know? Yeah, I think <laughs> I get what you're saying, uh, Dan. What y- you did you did bring me around um, a bit. Um, I-, I do understand now that, you know, the guy spent less than 30 grand making it and it was all his own money and it was all his own baby. And, you know, you asked me, could I make a better movie? No. So, um, you know, so I get that. I can forgive a lot because of that. Uh, but also what really resonated with me was your comparison to uh, Bob Dylan. That um, the content, the con- the jokes were really funny. And the and I, I actually think the character development was pretty good. It was pretty on point. Like with the dialogue, if you take the acting out of the equation and just the words, I, I actually do think it's good. And it's like Bob Dylan. He's a terrible singer. He's not, a, you know, he's not a great performer, but the... You know, he does write some of the best. I think when songs. I say character development, it's getting mis- misunderstood. I'm not talking about the film's ability to create a, a to 
create a character. I'm talking about the actor's ability to develop. No, no, no. I understand right. that. So when I, I say that, that, the development's there, but to me, the acting's not. So yes. when, you, no, when you're supposed to develop a character, you're supposed to say, okay, this is my line. This is my situation what in I'm the saying play. What I'm saying is the, the, the writing actually developed yeah, the character as well. Yeah, it's definitely there. It's definitely yes. there. Yeah. So, so I've, I've come around a bit. I, I'll probably watch it. I'll probably watch this again, and I'll definitely watch Clerks too because you told me to. Um, oh, it's so good. But uh, <laughs> so no, I'm actually good. I'm actually curious about Clerks too, and I'm curious to see how much better they get um, with bigger budgets and better actors. Well, that so. yeah, you would have to see like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and also mm-hmm. that's where they have like thirty million dollar budget, and they're like really kicking ass with millions of cameos. And it's more like Wayne's World, where they're yeah. just like these two characters in this big world. Yeah. So, but if you, you skip straight don't. to Clerks too, it'll be such a jarring that you know his development has been uh, over you know, a decade, ten, twelve years. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll be such a jarring thing. It might actually create a better impression going straight from one to two and just not seeing the the process to get him there and just be like, damn, this guy really progressed. <laughs> well, I'm gonna do whatever you guys tell me to do. But uh, Clerks but, too, that's what I say. Okay, but you you definitely. I've I've come around. Okay. You guys did an okay. You. you guys did an okay job. <laughs> I feel like my work here is is almost done. <laughs> you Ooh, brought him around on another one. But another uh, another Schwann's uh joke that you guys might enjoy. Um I don't know if do you guys like Schwann's jokes like I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm open-minded. Okay. So there is a Jalo from 1971 called cr- The Case of the Scorpion's Tail. Of course it's a giallo. Directed by Sergio Martino, one of his earliest giallos, maybe okay. his earliest. I have to go back and look at the timeline, but it's real early. It's fantastic. It's post-bird, which for the nerds, they know what that means. <laughs> and it's got uh, <laughs> it's got Anita Strindberg in it, which, again, the nerds are all about George Hilton and Anita Strindberg. In fact, if I just told you those two names and you were a giallo nerd, you'd watch this movie. You'd be like, oh, I'm in. Because okay. George Hilton and, and Anita Strindberg. Anyway, okay, guys, guys, one of the alternate titles for this movie <laughs> in German. All right. <laughs> this is just, I just saw this the other day and it made me so happy. It's the tale of the scorpions, okay? Instead of the case of the scorpion's tale. Uh so it's Der Schwanz des Scorpions. So it's the the dick of the scorpions. <laughs> I mean, it's not. If you were German, you'd realize that it was referring to an actual tail and not a dong, I assume. Right, gotcha. But like, on the face of it, that movie is called The Dick of the Scorpion. <laughs> for you, it is, anyway. <laughs> it makes me so happy. I'll it's a that. hell of a movie for our listeners that want to get their toe into the jollo. It's That's a good true. intro to the, the format. It's not too sleazy and it's not too boring and... It's you know, got some good acting, cool May the locations. Be with you. That's so what I think. I think of the Schwanz, the Schwats. It's all about that Schwanz. <laughs> or the no, it's the Schwartz. It's the Schwartz. The Schwartz. Yeah, that's what I think of the Schwartz. Yeah, uh, forget the Schwartz. It's the Schwanz. <laughs> I think yogurt says Schwanz. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does it in Yiddish. I think he says Schwanz, yeah. and the rest say Schwartz because they can't pronounce it right. Hey, so, George. Yes. I'm really proud of you for coming around, man. I feel like Travis and I are doing good work, even if Travis tried to sabotage me at every turn with this movie. <laughs> but I can tell that this is very fulfilling for you, Dan. <laughs> so it's, it's, I didn't try to do anything. If we weren't under <laughs> quarantine, this is one that I would have watched with you the first time because it's such a fun watch. It's a, such a fun first-time watch with people because it's just you just – you don't know what to expect with a movie like this. But I guess we have to assign you a new movie. Yes, please. Okay. So this week is a near and dear movie to me. Stand By Me. Have you seen that? Nope. No. Okay. Not a clue. Do you have any Zero. Idea? Zero. Nothing. Okay. That's good. Do you know the cool. song? Have you heard the have you heard the song before? Uh yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah I, I know the it's song. It's on that Weezer CD, so I knew it, if you missed it <laughs> in the 50s. No, I was playing I was playing a punk version of Stand By Me in the late 90s. So, nice. It's a period piece, so uh Yeah, but, but it's I not don't, black and white. I don't know anything about 
about the movie. Okay, good. I didn't even know that the song and the movie were connected. I don't think they have anything really to do with each other. Oh, okay. Uh, as far as I know. Okay, so they're not connected. I mean, uh, the night does come, <laughs> and the land does get dark. And right. I'm sure at some point the There's moon, moon might be the only right. light they see. That's true. Mm. Yeah. But they won't be afraid, and neither will you when you watch this wonderful movie. Very good. It's beautiful. Very good. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we're going to see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us again. As always, you can find the Remedial Film Class podcast online at all kinds of social media junctures. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at, at Remedial Film Pod. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Remedial Film Pod. And if you want to email us, hit us up at Remedial Film Pod at gmail.com. <laughs>